Bob Young men for uh, the singing that they did. We had a great time at Union Union Hill. I always get it messed up. Union Hill, right? <clears throat> and we got the banner back, which we know that's not what it's about, but what a great support we do for uh, the youngsters. What a encouraging thing. And you know, just kind of a side note on that. I told Timothy I was so good at that, and then I didn't even cut it on. Um, <clears throat> but the other congregations see the great support that we do for our young kids. You know, that's awesome to be a part of something to help these young boys learn to lead songs and uh, lead the worship when we sing praises to the Lord. You know, what a great thing that is. And, and I know that I love being a part of it. And if you haven't had a chance to go and, and see uh, these youngsters, not just ours, but all the young uh, kids in the different congregations, because when it comes down to it, we're all brethren anyway, right? We're all part of one body. Isn't that what Ephesians 4 says? Where's one body? There's one faith. There's one Lord. There's one baptism, right? One, 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 and what an encouraging thing to be gathered with the saints and be able to support these youngsters. Tonight I want to talk about Psalm 122. He has made me glad. Y'all remember that song? He has made me glad. Y'all sung that song before? Really good song. I'll enjoy it. It's a little bit fast. I, I'm a little bit sad because I can't. I'm not a good singer. I'm just going to go ahead and admit it. Y'all know that. But I can't sing like I usually can. And so I haven't been able to sing really. I do probably sing a little bit loud. But I haven't been able to sing as loud as I want because I feel like I may hit a pitch. Like, you know, a teenager going through puberty or something and their voice kind of squeaks. I don't want to squeak out on y'all. So I've kind of just calmed my voice down. But... Great singing today, and I hope that that encourages you to go throughout the rest of this week as we begin, and I hope this lesson will help you too. Uh, let's go ahead and read it, and then we're going to go back through the verses, and we'll talk about it. Three points, and the lesson will be yours. Verse 1 says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built as a city that, ha that is compact together where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to the testimony of Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. For the thrones are set there for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls prosperity within your palaces for the sake of my brethren and companions. I will now say, peace be within you. Because of the house of the Lord of our God, I will seek your good. David says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. You know what a blessing it is when you hear brethren talk about being excited to come to worship. You ever heard that? I can't wait till tomorrow or I can't wait till Wednesday night to see, to be able to come together and be uh, with each other. That's encouraging to me to hear people talk like that and hear David 
he is encouraged and he says, I am glad that he hears others talking about going to the house of the Lord to worship. Now we understand that the house of the Lord at that time was a little bit different than it is now, right? But at that time, in David's time, it was the tabernacle. They would go in and they would go to Jerusalem and they would worship the Lord there and eventually it moved into the temple. But now as we live in the New Testament time, the building is not the house of the Lord. Amen? We are the house of the Lord. We are the church. We are the body And when we assemble, we become the house of the Lord. So we have that understanding as we begin. There is a little bit of a separation, but the same concept applies. See, God, even though it's a little bit different in the Old Testament in the way He commands things, He is not different. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We have a body that we come together, and when we assemble, we worship the Lord. Amen? David was happy. And these other people were very happy to go to the house of the Lord to worship. You know, I think about in verse 2, I think about those, uh, this was a psalm actually, it's in a group of psalms that the people would uh, gather together on these certain, of, of certain events that they would have. You know, these certain feasts that they had to be a part of. They had the uh, feast of the tabernacle, they had the feast of, Uh, of the unleavened bread they had these feasts and they would all come together in Jerusalem and assemble and have these uh, situations and these celebrations and this worship together but I think about verse 2 he says our feet have been standing within your gates O Jerusalem what an exciting time What an exciting time for them to be able to be assembled together as a group and worship the same God. What an application for us as we begin. The same way and the same thing goes for us. When we all assemble together, we are still worshiping the same God. That's an amazing thing. Yahweh, Jehovah, the one from way Long ago, right? The one that there is no beginning or no end. The one who is the Alpha and the Omega. The one that we worship is the same God that they worshiped so many thousand years ago. But what an encouraging thing to know that other brethren and other people want to do the same thing. But the reality is, that's not so everywhere. You know, we live in a world, we live in a country, we live in cities just as Sammy prayed that just don't see the need to come together to worship. You know, they just think that it's a waste of time. I looked at all kinds of top reasons and five reasons and seven reasons and one had like 38 reasons why people don't go to church. And some of them were different, but the majority of the ones... And I looked at quite a bit. I looked at at quite a few of these top reasons. And one of the most... One of the top reasons out of all of these was this one. It is boring. It's boring. Now, brethren, I want you to think about that for a minute. To come and worship God is boring. 
That blows me away. You know, that wasn't the only reason, but one of the main reasons people don't come to worship or don't come to church is because it's boring. That wasn't all. They don't want to be lectured either. Uh, or the church is too judgmental. Or the church is too hypocritical. Or the church is irrelevant to me and my life. Wow. Think about this statistic. Almost 20% of America doesn't go anywhere for worship on Sunday. Nowhere. Now, I've done this before and I've totally messed it up, but I think I'm good on this, okay? I think my math is better. I've learned from my mistakes. But in 2015, they did a poll and they added up the best they could how many people lived in the United States, and it's probably more now. But there was 321 million people that lived in the United States. And 20% of that is 64 million people, brethren, that don't darken any type of building. Boy, we're on a mission field, ain't we? 64 million. I can't even count and think that high. We as the body of Christ have got to do our part in showing the world why we come to worship is not boring. Amen? It is not a boring thing to come here and where I don't care if there's 15 of us. Amen? If we are serving the Lord and we are worshiping Him the right way, it shouldn't even be about that, right? But we as the body, 1 Corinthians 12 uh, 12 through 14 says, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free. We have all been made to drink into one Spirit. For in fact the body is not one member, but many. What a blessing that is. The body is not one member, but many. And we all have different things that we're good at, and we all have different abilities, but guess what? When we all come together, guess what we get to do? Worship the same awesome God. So maybe you're here tonight and you're struggling a little bit to understand why we come and why we should be glad to worship. That's what I want to talk about. I hope by the end of this lesson you can be encouraged and have a new outlook on the blessings that come when we all come together and worship the King. The question that I want us to answer tonight is this. Why coming together to worship the Lord should make us glad? The first thing to consider is why... Coming together to worship the Lord should make us glad because of this one. We get to hear and obey the word of the Lord. Look at verses 1 through 5 again. 
I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together, where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to the testimony of Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord, for thrones are set there for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. The testimony of Israel. The Lord wanted the Israelites to do specific things, right? And I talked about it a little bit earlier. These special feasts. The Feast of the Unleavened Bread, the Passover. The Feast of Pentecost. The Feast of the Tabernacles. When these Jews obeyed, they came together and they were being pleasing to God. Now think about that concept for a minute. When we come to worship God... When we come to praise His name, guess what we are doing to the Lord? We're being pleasing to Him. Isn't that a great thing? To know that what you do is actually pleasing to the Lord? To the Lord God Almighty? I think that's pretty cool. Making application for us today without hearing His word... And being encouraged or challenged by it, we will not be able to be the people we need to be. Amen? We won't be able to be the people we... If I come in and I never hear a lesson on something that maybe steps on my toes, then I'm never going to be challenged, right? But here's the deal. Do I come in saying, oh, he's probably going to say the same old thing. He's probably going to talk about the same stuff. Or do I come into saying, you know what, he may say the same thing every time, but if he's preaching God's word, I can get something else out of it, huh? Every time I hear God's word, every time I read God's word, guess what? Something new pops out. Which is exactly what Hebrews 4.12 says. We know the verse. Look at what it says. For the word of God is is dead and it is extinct. No. It's living. And it's powerful. And sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit. Boy, that thing goes deep, don't it? It goes down into the soul and into the spirit. If you let it. See, what happens is we don't let it get that far into us. Because I don't really want to be here, right? I just know I got to be here, so I'm just going to be here because I know it. No, but if you allow God's Word to start getting inside of you and you start letting it work, it changes who you are. Listen to what it says. And of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. See, what it makes you start doing is it makes you start understanding, what am I thinking the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? Are my intents the right way? Well, I know I can't have the answer, but I know who can, and that's God, and so I come to worship Him because of what He's given me. And when I do it, and I do the things that He asked me to do, He is pleased with me. What a great relationship that is.
every service, and think about this, every service that we have is a God-given opportunity to open the Word and learn a hymn. Amen? Every time. Because guess what? You're not dead. You're still alive. You still have the ability to listen to what God says and do it. If you'll do it. It is a God-given opportunity for you to be able to grow spiritually. When the Bible is being proclaimed, then people can hear what will change their heart, their soul, and mind, right? What is the greatest commandment? To love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. But if you never hear God's word and you never let it sink into your life, guess what? It will never change you, and I'll just be a witness for that. If you don't ever let God's word in your life, and you ain't ever looking at it and studying it and trying to grow from it, you won't. It'll be the same old thing every time. But when you let it sit in, you think about some meat. If I want to cook some steaks or if I want to cook some pork chops, what do I want to do? I want to put it in some good old marinade, right? Put that thing in a Ziploc, put it in the refrigerator in the morning, let that thing sit. Boy, when I put it on the grill and I bite into that thing, it tastes good, don't it? When you get God's Word in your heart and you get it in your life, it marinates and it produces a good-smelling and tasting person. And I'm not talking about cannibalism. See? Jokes. His Word is what lets us see right and wrong. And how to avoid evil and run towards good. So, not only do we come together to hear and obey His Word, and this is the one right here, y'all. This is the one right here. Number two, we get to give the Lord the praise He deserves. He deserves it all. What has He done for you today, brethren? Huh? What has He done for you? Are you breathing? Are you here? Do you got somewhere to lay your head? Has God been good to you today? Oh, man. When I start thinking about what the Lord has done for me, it should change who I am. So here David again in verse 1. He was glad to hear people say, let us go to the house of the Lord because what were they about to do? They were about to give the Lord the praise he deserves. David knew about it. Psalm 9, 1 and 2. I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will tell of all your marvelous works. Brethren, are we talking to people about the marvelous works that the Lord is doing in our lives? You don't have to sit down and have an in-depth Bible study to tell somebody, God's been good to me. I can walk. My kids are good. I can eat. I got clothes. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. 
I love hearing the singing. Think about that song, It Is Well. Think about when you sing it from the heart. Think about the way that that is so pleasing to the Lord. But making application for us today, is that the way we are? Do we really consider what God has done for us? Let me give you three. Salvation, provision, and protection. Salvation, provision, and protection. He's given us that. But the sad thing is, and, and, and not necessarily in the church it may be, but it, when you get out into the denominational world, the sad thing is most people come to worship to do what? To be pleased, right? They need to be pleased. See, it's all about them, and I'm not trying to knock anybody, so take yourself into consideration, but this is reality. There's a misunderstanding. Something's got twisted. Because now the focus is different. The focus has become me and not him. We got to keep ourselves in check, brethren, to know when we come in here, it's not about anything except except giving him the praise that he deserves. We've been talking about it, these elements of worship. We talked about singing. We talked about giving. Ephesians 5, 19, 20 just pops out because now we see speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing and making melody in our heart to the Lord is giving Him the praise that He deserves. Because when I do it, I'm giving thanks always. For all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We get to give thanks to the Lord with our hearts and get to be pleasing to Him by doing what He has told us. I'm going to tell you what to do, and if you do this, guess what? You're going to be pleasing to me, and your life will be blessed, and me and you will have a relationship. Hebrews 13, 15, one of my favorite verses. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. What does Romans 12, 1 tell us? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, to what? To present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. And catch what he says, which is your reasonable service. That's reasonable, right? Considering what Jesus did for us, your reasonable service is to continually offer sacrifice of praise to the God, to God because of what He's done for us, right? He deserves that. And then he says, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. And I'm so excited that this is our favorite song. I don't really know it real well, but Libby's been saying it for like three days now. Hallelujah, praise Jehovah. Over and over, it's all I've been hearing around the house. 
Hallelujah. Praise Jehovah. I don't know the rest of the song, but I know that. <laughs> and that's enough, ain't it? That's enough. What a small example of something so powerful. She doesn't really know what she's singing, but you know what? I know what she's singing, and that changes the way. So here I am singing it. Aaron's singing it. Isaac's probably singing it. I don't know. We're all singing that song, and look at how powerful of, 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 of words that is. Hallelujah, praise Jehovah. Huh? He's worthy to be praised. Now look at verses 6 through 9. And I want to get to the third and final point. I want to read these and I want to read them several times. But I want us to just read these and I want us to focus in on and, and then we'll get to the last point. Verse 6 says, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls. Prosperity within your palaces. For the sake of my brethren and companions, I will now say, peace be within you. Because of the house of the Lord, our God, I will seek your good. Now watch this. When we come together, we absolutely come together to worship the Lord and give Him the, res the reverence and the praise that He deserves. But you know what else happens when we come together? You know what else should make us glad? Is we get to do this. We get to strengthen each other. Iron sharpens iron, don't it? We can sharpen each other and become sharper and sharper. And this is a well-known verse, Hebrews 10, 24, and 5. But I want you to think about what David says right there. David says this. Look at what he prays for. He prays for the peace of Jerusalem. And he prays that they may prosper the ones who love you. Peace be within your walls. Prosperity within your palaces. And then he says, For the sake of my brethren and my companions, I'll say, Peace be within you. Because of the house of the Lord our God, because of the people coming to want to worship you, because of this place, I'll seek your good. You ever come in not really wanting to be here? I bet none of y'all ever felt real tired and not really wanted to be here. I mean, I have just a couple times. No, I'm just kidding. It's been more than a couple times. But I've come in here and I'm tired. And I mean, I love y'all. I'm not trying to say that. The elders going to have a meeting with me about to get. <laughs> the good is over, right? <laughs> But you ever come in here, you're just tired, works wore you out, you're hot. And then after you come in and you get done with Bible study, you leave and you feel better, right? I love that. I love that. 
when I get to leave and I feel like I've got that battery energized, right? I got that plug put on and I feel a lot better when I walk out now, especially like on a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning after worship, thinking about taking the Lord's Supper, man. You know, getting my mind focused on what I need to focus on, even tonight, leaving tonight, going out, ready to start the week the right way, focused on the right things. But just like David, I want to challenge y'all with this. Pick five more people that you're going to pray for this week and pray for this stuff. Pray for peace in their life. Pray that they may prosper. Pray that there'll be peace within their home. Pray that they'll be uh, prosperous in the things that they do. And pray that they'll have peace within themselves. You know, this is one of my favorite Hebrew words. I got a lot of favorites, but boy, I like this one a lot. This word, I got it in my office. It's a piece of wood and it's shalom. Shalom. Peace be within you. When we come and get to worship together and we get to give the Lord praise, we get to strengthen each other. We get to be there for each other and we get to encourage each other. And I'm telling you, you continue to do it more and more, guess what happens? You get stronger and stronger and stronger. And you don't just do it by yourself. Think about that Hebrew word shalom. It means completeness. Or soundness, or safety, or welfare. When we fill our lives with things like Hebrews 10 24, look at what he says. And let us consider one another in order to do what, brethren? Stir up love and good works. Why do I want to see you? Why do I want to love on you? Because I want you to do this right here. Love on people and do good things. Right? I mean, maybe people do this. I don't know. Maybe you come in here and you worship God and then you leave and you have your mind set on doing bad things. Man, what a waste. I've been in such a way. Man. I've lived in such a way. I'm not proud of it. But not anymore. I want to leave out of here and I want to do better than I did yesterday. I want to do better than I did the day before. Amen? Don't y'all want to do that? Don't y'all have that same focus? God allows us to be that type of person too. Every day. Better and better. And what if you're surrounded by 120 and 130 people that are the same way? Man, that's encouraging, ain't it? I've said it before and I'll say it again. You ever been around somebody who's negative all the time? Boy, it's rough. I mean, I go to work and everybody's negative. Man, you can't hardly do your job negative. Go to school and everybody's negative, right? Don't be that person. 
Go out saying, you know what? I've been energized. I've been able to worship the king today, and I've been able to worship the king with my brethren. And boy, there's some good people. There's some people striving to do God's will because they understand the gladness that comes in Jesus Christ. Amen? Better promises on a better deal. Not that the old one was bad, but we get a better deal and we get it through Jesus. I love verse 9. Think about this verse, brethren. Think about it when you leave. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. Because of the things that I've done today, because of the people that I've been with, because of the God that I served, I'll be glad. And guess what? I will seek your good. I'll seek it. Because it's a blessing to be able to come together. Talk to one of my buddies who's a missionary. Man, this is bad, man. They can't even get to a place to meet. They can't even get to a place to meet because if they get caught, they'll be arrested and put in jail for doing what we're doing right here, free. Free from persecution. Let's take advantage of it, amen, brethren? Let's take advantage of the opportunity. Why should we as Christians let persecution come onto us before we step up and be as bold as we've ever been? Think about the history of God's people. Something has to arise and then they come back to God, right? You think about judges every time. They'd not do what God said. They'd, he'd send in somebody. Then it, and I know that it, that's humanity. But brethren, we can be different. We can learn from their mistakes and be stronger and stronger and stronger. But it takes the discipline and it takes each other. It takes a whole culmination of everything that God's Word tells us to do. And we see it right here in just a simple psalm that really doesn't go into a lot of detail. But boy, David says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. It was, I wasn't the only person. I'm not the only person that wants to go to the house of the Lord. There's other people who want to do it. I love being around y'all. And it feels good to know that I have people who love me and are praying for me. And not just saying that they're praying for me, they really are praying for me. And you know what that gives me? Shalom. Peace. Shalom. I want to close with this verse. John 16, 33. Jesus says, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, brethren. Because guess what? Jesus overcame the world.
Man, that's our God. That's our leader. That's our Savior. That's our man. He overcame the world. So be of good cheer. Have peace in your heart. Because you know that the God you serve is the God who loves you so much that he was willing to die for you. Why should we be glad to come together and worship the Lord? Because when we know what the Lord says and, and what he tells us to do and we obey it, that's a great feeling to know that we're pleasing to him. Amen? And we see that the only one we worship has given us the ability to have peace within our hearts and within his body. What a blessing that is. There should be no doubt in our minds that when we come to worship the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, that we should be glad. Because he loves us so much. Brethren, I hope you have a good week. And I hope that you'll be of good cheer. And I hope you know that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. All spiritual blessings are in Christ Jesus. Forgiveness, redemption, reconciliation. A way to be cleansed from all unrighteousness at any point in your life. At any time of the day. Maybe you're here today and you're not a Christian. I, I, just like Jesus was pleading through me, what you're waiting for? I died for you. Don't miss the opportunity to become his child and be forgiven of your sins and be cleansed from all the bad that you've done. You do it through obedience of the gospel, believing who Jesus is, believing what he did, repenting of your sins, turning from those man-made plans that you thought was so great that really aren't, and turning towards him and following that light and move out of darkness into the light, confessing his name before men, saying, yeah, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God and being baptized in water for the remission of your sins. And you can begin that journey, that faithful journey that'll take you to heaven. Man, don't you want to go to that land? Don't you want to go to that land? Maybe you need prayers, whatever you need. Brethren, be strong and courageous and know one thing. Jesus overcame the world and you can too. Don't ever let anything stop you from doing God's will. Whatever you need, come right now together we stand and sing.